Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Walk into a stadium, 8,000 people, they all want you to lose. But as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick ass, or kick butt, you're going to be all right. Sorry, I swear. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Shock Factor Podcast where I, Stephen Shock, am joined by Jake Mintz. Jake Mintz, the boat race aficionado. How are we doing today? I'm doing good. I've been racing boats my entire life and today I finally got to capitalize on that knowledge. No Jordan Schusterman here for this episode. Jordan fled Omaha due to the heat because he is small and slender. He is home. I unfortunately will be doing the same tomorrow morning so this episode will just be me and steve but boy oh boy do we have a lot of games to talk about four games to be exact since the last time we podcasted wake forest three over lsu two today tennessee over stanford six to four in the oh one game earlier florida beating oral in the floral showdown last night and tcu four uva three sorry steve that's okay mr shock where do you want to begin uh, let's let's start with the floral arrangements um, between Florida and Oral, because why not? Why not? Here's a takeaway from that game. Florida 5, Oral Roberts 4. Herson Walter was incredible. There was the inside the park home run for Matt Hogan, which was hilarious, where Josh Rivera, like, he was like, turn, turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit close. Anyway, uh, but the, the key moment of that game was Sully and the Pulley, where Coach Sullivan for the Florida Gators walked out to the mound for a little mound visit, a little chat, chat, and he had done to that done that too many times, and so he had to remove his closer, Brandon Neely, from the ball game in an enormous spot. I don't remember the exact spot. I think it was like bases loaded with two outs. It wasn't bases unjuiced, I believe, but, y- you know, sometimes it can get confusing. They've changed up the rules multiple times on this. I know since I've played, they were changed. Um, we would have a rules meeting before every season started where they'd play the video and highlight the new rules that have been changed where players would try not to choke to death on dip spit and mm. not die of boredom. Um, we would not pay attention so we aren't sure of those rules, what, what they might be. But I know mound visit-wise, it's a little wonky. So It is wonky, right? Like, I think the rule is you can't have seven, and on the seventh mound visit, you have to change the pitcher. In the big leagues, Mike Farron, friend of the show, pointed this out. In the big leagues, they have the mound visit total on the board, and so you can see it. They didn't have that at the chuck box this week. And so while I understand how this happened, how Sully forgot who, like how many times he'd gone out there, and had to pull one of the top three closers in the country in the eighth inning of a 1-0 game in the World Series. We can't lose sight of that. It's still a that-can't-happen moment. But Florida holds on. Cade Fisher, just an incredible performance from him to shut the door on Oral Roberts. Florida moves on 2-0. Oral Roberts will play TCU tomorrow in the drop-down game. Let's zoom through this quick. TCU 4, UVA 3, Steve. I'm very sorry. 
I'm sure this made you feel sad. Um, I think for me, the upshot for UVA is their best hitters didn't get hits in the two games they played. It's a small sample size. It doesn't take away from what they did this season. But when the lights were bright, it just happened that they did not do the thing. But I tell you, the, the good takeaway from this for me is the guys who will be there next year did well. They did well, you know. Ethan Anderson had a pretty pretty cool backside bomb, which I really appreciated. And he had dinner next to Jordan and I the other night. Which, it's the intangibles sometimes yeah. that yeah. really, you know, he has good taste. Griff O'Farrell played well, you know. Guys like Anthony Stefan didn't have, you know, career days. But they showed heart and they were there. And they were there for their teammates, which I love to see. I know it's not the end everyone wanted and... I personally hate the end of the season for anybody. It's like when you finish your favorite show and the cast is like, no, we hate each other now. We're never going to show together again because like some of these guys are like, well, I'm not going to keep playing baseball. I'm going to be a tax attorney and whatever. It's a bittersweet moment. It's a bittersweet moment. Better to end any season here in Omaha, Nebraska than anywhere else in the country. And so UVA, farewell, au revoir. It has been quite a ride. I'm sure, Steve, you'll root for them again next year? Yeah, you still got me in your corner. Still love you. Love to hear that. TCU will move on to play Oral Roberts in the drop-down game in a rematch of the opening round. But let's talk about the games today. Because, boy, we got to say, Steve, like, of the eight College World Series games we've had so far, I believe six of them have been one-run games. Again, today, a one-run game, a stunner, a nail-biter. All of my fingers are bleeding due to the lack of nails I have because of this game. Wake Forest 3, LSU 2. Before this game, I went on the D1 Baseball podcast with Mike Rooney and co., and I my prediction was that LSU would get boat raced by Wake Forest in this game. Wake Forest 3, LSU 2. Did that happen? Was there boat racing? Steve? Well, we are near a river, so it could have happened. But here, here is where I think you were right because I do support you. The Missouri River flows just outside of the stadium. I watched someone going down it on a paddleboard. They were gone within five minutes. I could not see this person anymore. So I think what happened and where your confusion came from was there was a boat race, but much like the TCU The Grind video, we're headed upstream. It was a very slow boat race. Not a ton of progress was made at large amounts of time, um, but eventually a little bit of forward progress was made, and that was all that was needed to win. Yes, it was a leisurely regatta on a winless day. This was youth boat racing. We don't want to go too fast. Keep the training wheels on. Now, was I wrong about this game? Yes. I thought Wake would hop all over Ty Floyd and get him out early, and Floyd was spectacular in this game. He really was. And I want to pull up the actual definition of boat race just just so we clear it up. Um, it comes from, it it means to be beaten very badly at something, especially in such a fashion that you were behind from the start and never had a chance. This is from urban dictionary, but they use periods in this definition. So I trust it more comes from the boat race, an annual rowing competition between Oxford and Cambridge in which the first side to get ahead could move to the middle of the river where the current was fastest and is almost never overtaken thereafter. Interesting. So I, in fact, was wrong. You're because I said if uh, we go yeah. by this definition, you're up early, you hold it, you stretch it late, and you win. That is not what happened in this game, and that is not what has happened in any of the College World Series games. 
LSU was up 2-0 early on after a Tommy White RBI knock. And then Adam Sasiri, the left fielder for um, uh, Wake Wait. Forest, lost a ball in the sun, which resulted in another run, 2-0. Uh, both of the starters were really good. Ty, Flo- Ty Floyd was uh, spectacular for LSU. And then Ty Floyd gets a little tired, wakes, put, puts two runs on the board, bases loaded, there's a double play, there's a, I believe, a, a bases loaded single from Brock Wilkin, and that knots the game up at two. And that brings us to the top of the eighth, where LSU has first and third, nobody out. And uh, second baseman makes an error, and it feels like the wheels are starting to come off. We're going to have to take the car into the shop. Steve, one time I was driving my car and the wheel actually came off. Really? The tire exploded. Ooh. And I had just had to drive on the road with no tires. So my wheels, my wheels came off, literally. Did you, like, pull over? Yeah, you, I had to pull over. Yeah, you should pull over in that situation. Put the donut on. Yeah, it was between... It was on I-95 just south of Aberdeen. Ooh. Yeah. Not a great spot. Not a great spot to have the car blow out. Anyway, no. first and third, nobody out. What happened, Steve? Uh, Kate Beloso hits like kind of a cue ball shot down the left field line towards Brock Wilkin, and it's a grounder. And he does a nice job to even get to this ball. It was like a real awkward play. And as he's running towards the third base dugout trying to get his footing, he sees Trey Morgan is going home. He double pumps. I don't know if it's by design. I think he had trouble getting the ball out of his glove. Because if he doesn't get it stuck in there, I think Morgan is out by a lot more. I would agree because the glove he uses is a Wilson A2000. Shout out, Wilson. Um, one of our actual sponsors in life, I think. In life. Yeah, so thank you, Wilson. It's a EL3, Evan Longoria Model 3. Um, but it's an older model. It hasn't been continued. It's been discontinued. And I think one of the chief complaints was the size of the pocket was too long. Interesting. So it's Is actually- this a real... Yeah, yeah, you can look up Wilson A two thousand EL three. You'll see it, but it's a very deep glove, so it seems like it got lost in the glove a little bit. But it also might have helped him because it kind of established a better throwing lane where Bennett or where Pierce Bennett could see him and could see the ball coming in because it was a low throw, right? Like if he makes the throw on the first pump, there's a good chance that he just nails. Trey Morgan with the throw and the ball gets away and whatever. You're right. Instead, he creates a more extreme throwing lane mm-hmm. and kind of short hops the ball off the grass right before home plate. Bennett Which? catches the ball off a really awkward hop, slaps the tag down by like an inch. Mm-hmm. Morgan is out. Electric play. A holy yeah. shit moment. It was uh, it was very impressive. I know the throw was a little low and he did a great job handling that. But quite honestly, I prefer the throw low than too high, mm. you know. So, in those instances, if you're fielding a ground ball and you're thinking, should I throw this away up or should I throw it a little down? Just throw it a little down. That's great advice from Steve. No problem. Wake gets out of that inning. They go to the bottom of the uh, of the frame. Danny Corona double. Bennett Lee single up the middle. 3-2. Top of the ninth. They bring in Camden Manassi. He's incredible. He shuts the door. Bomb, bomb, boom. And the thing about that inning that was super cool is LSU had 7-8-9 coming up. Mm-hmm. And that means if anyone gets on base, it's Dylan Cruz at the dish, one swing, win the game. And Minacci cares not for drama because he just retired all three hitters in order, strikeout, strikeout, and a pop-out, and that was the game. And he didn't, like, even do anything afterwards. He was just kind of like, hmm, we did it. Right, he didn't go berserk. I 
I would love to be a fly on the wall in the clubhouse where Wake Forest went after the win. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, I don't know if there. I, oh, I guess there is a clubhouse. No, there is. I know. I know. Oh right, you. Yeah. Yeah. You remember? I used yeah, you to play. played there. I played there. I've been naked in the truck box. Whatever. Um, and then I played there. Same. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So. I, I feel like the environment in there is where they probably went ballistic. Yeah. I might reach out to my friend Corey Muscara at some point down the line, who's their pitching coach, to potentially see if there's any film or documentation. Mm. Just to, like, see it. Or even just to listen. It would be cool. So, again, Wake wins this game, moves on. They are in the driver's seat, which Jordan told us we can't say driver's seat. Like, he wanted a more sophisticated term for being the team that's 2-0. and Ahead in life, born on second, silver spoon, the silver spoon teams. No, because you you aren't privileged. You earn that. Yeah. Um, we'll get back to you. The bootstrap, pull yourself up by your bootstraps teams. All right, Andrew Jackson. All right. Andrew Look at me Jackson. knowing that stuff. Look at me knowing that stuff. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Wake is sitting pretty. LSU will play Tennessee tomorrow. That is sure to be an interesting game. I believe it will be Drew Beam for Tennessee and. I think Riley Cooper for LSU. And death for everybody. It, it's going to be chaos there. Death it's, for everybody. Make sure you tune in tomorrow to witness maybe. death for everybody. Thanks for keeping it light. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Steve, uh, last game to talk about. Tennessee 6, Stanford 4. Stanford goes up 4-0 early, jumping on Chase Dolander, who... Just remains shaky in the first inning of games. There, I, I've played with a lot of guys who are like that, where like the first inning could be really bad, but then the rest of the game they're just like really good. So, if you're one of those guys and you're listening to this podcast, because I know you might, just throw an inning in the bullpen. Mm. Like pretend you get shelled in the bullpen, then come into the game. Yeah. Now, it wasn't all Dolander's fault. There was that weird play where there were runners on first and second with two outs, and Stanford ran a double steal, and the inconceivable, unacceptable happened, which was uh, Cal Stark, Tennessee's catcher, just hucking it into the outfield to, at second. As so like, he happen. tried to he tried to throw the trail runner out, and he just threw it in the outfield, and so the guy in third scored. Hey, hey, in his defense, no one saw it coming. That's true. Um, and there's probably a reason for that. There was also a play at the plate in the first. Alberto Rios threw out a guy at home on what looked to be a bad send, but I, in the press box, said wasn't actually too bad, but I digress. For, but in the fifth inning, Stanford's looking really good. They have Quinn Matthews, the dude who threw 100,000 uh, pitches, I believe. 159,000 pitches. 156,000 pitches. Thank you. Thank you. He's on the mound in the fifth, up four runs. That's a great situation to be in if you're Stanford. And then the wheels fall off, just like the car. Tennessee ties it up, I believe, with six singles in the inning. Yeah. Classic volunteers, Steve. Yeah, that sucks. Because, like, 
when you're giving up doubles and you're getting shelled, it's like, okay, I know the numbers are going up. It's not that bad. It's like when you when you haven't checked your bank account mm. in like a couple of weeks, but you haven't made like any large purchases. You aren't like buying any video games or anything like that. But you're you're still getting a coffee or two and you check your account and Death by paper cuts. Yeah. Death by paper cuts. I did it to myself again. Just played myself doing that. Yeah, it's really must be hard to swallow for Matthews, who was really good through the first four innings of the ball game. And to me, I think of the um, the scene from, or like any scene from The Simpsons where Homer's like, oh, dope, Yeah. And every dope is a single. It's, you know, 68% of balls that are put in play result in outs. Mm. So I used to have this thing called the rule 68 that a coach would say like, oh, you, you gave up a hard hit, but right at someone. So it was now rule 68. He got what we call the other 32 mm. where it just does not go to anyone. Right. Just dinks and dunks. I mean, I think Matthews, they did square some balls up. It wasn't all, you know, weak hits. They did find a couple holes and, you know, they got lucky by not getting unlucky. If that makes any sense, Tennessee. Yeah. Right, they didn't line have any real like lineouts in the inning, but what a career by Matthews! Tennessee holds on to win it, uh, scoring two in the seventh inning to take the lead. The story of this game was Chase Burns, who was Tennessee's uh, in their starting rotation last year. I believe he was their two or their maybe their three starter last year, and he got moved to the bullpen after some inconsistency and was just kind of you know uh, upstream without a paddle for a lot of this year and he came in and threw six scoreless dominant electrifying innings yeah he just came in and did exactly what the team needed him to do getting them their first win in omaha since 2001 wow. do you know anyone who's on that team uh i assume chris burke i think i think he was on that team so for reference chase burns i tweeted this i'm just gonna read a tweet i'm just gonna read, read it. a tweet just Steve. gonna read it read it chase burns tosses 6.0 of scoreless ball and route not in route to Tennessee's first win forgotten apostrophe in Omaha since 2001 for reference in 2001 Chase Burns was negative two years old wow so he wasn't he was probably throwing like 65 at that point yeah probably yeah, he was he was chucking he was, heat in the womb yeah he he was the negative two you all-star team you know they were nasty that, dude People are talking about that team. Twinkle in a mind's eye elite, <laughs> I believe was the name of that team. <laughs> are they at Slump Busters here in Omaha? Probably. Probably. Everyone's at Slump Busters. Yeah. Apparently. This, <laughs> this is speaking what, of, yeah, this why? show is brought to you by Slump Trusters. We're starting a rival tournament across the river here in Omaha. With a more positive twist. Trust your slump. Just, oh, I'm 0 for 28. Good. Great. Hope I get to 29. Think about it. The longer into your childhood that you play baseball, the less likely it will be that you have a great career in something else because you're wasting all your time. Yes. Like if you're 13, instead of playing baseball, you could be crunching the numbers and start your earning potential then. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's baseball's kind of, bad for kids. I think. Baseball's terrible for kids because... How, how are we going to provide a, a working economy? How are these kids going right. to be ready for the workforce? Steve. Which, the, which leads to another issue. Joseph A. Bank, why is it only for men? Where are suits for tots? We, we need dedicated suits for tots stores so they can get ready to be baby executives. The reasons we haven't had a boss Ooh. baby since the movie, 
since Alec Baldwin in the movie is because there's not enough suits at hospitals for babies to go into. So You think the youth are underdressed? Yes, the youth are so underdressed. And it's not a desire issue, it's a it's supply problem. It's a designer problem. issue. Attaboy. Thank you to our sponsor, I guess. Uh, Steve, before we say goodbye, I just want to roll through a couple Omaha thoughts. I am leaving tomorrow. You will be here for the rest of the time. And I am sad. I'm sad to be leaving. This week is really lovely. It is inspiring uh, just to see so many people who genuinely love baseball and spend time with them. It is one of the few times during the year where I get to see you, Steve, where I get to see Mike Rooney, who is such a special human being, and Mike Farron, and, you know, the list goes on and on. Everybody except Kendall Rogers. It's so good to be around them. Will you miss me, Steve? What are you going to do oh. once I'm gone? Your wife's gone. I'm gone. Jordan's gone. I don't know. I'll probably play Kick the Rock, which is a game where I go outside and kick some rocks. Um, maybe I'll go to the zoo and just yeah. jump into the bear exhibit. Wow. Um, Taking the UVA loss really tough there. <laughs> no, I just want to – I think I could charisma a bear. And yeah, I like think cool. the bears would just be like, one of us. They'd be like, yo, what's, Why is what, what's the vibe of this guy? Oh, he's <laughs> petting me? Oh, this guy's nice. I think that's what – I'm going to go meet the bears at the Omaha Zoo, okay. I think. Yeah. Usually don't see donkeys go to the zoo, but I guess this will be an exception. Uh, I want to check in with you on the various fan bases. We had some preconceived notions about these fan bases heading into the tournament, and now we've gotten time to see them all in person. I kind of want to begin with LSU, Steve, because when we were hearing about this fan base in Omaha, we have never seen it. They have not been here in five years. What has the LSU fan base been in person compared to your expectations, Steve? Uh, they've been kind of right on on what I expected. I think they're one of the fan bases that, like, how they are on Twitter is kind of how they are in person. Like, mm. they don't really try to act necessarily different, which, in, in all honesty, is kind of unhinged, yep. but in a good way, in a way where it's like, oh, this person is just crazy about baseball. And... I love that because I am also crazy about baseball. So, you know, there's a lot of passion out of the LSU fans. I haven't, like, really been around them during a game. But, like, just okay. walking around Omaha and talking with them, it's been it's been good. Okay, so while we're talking about LSU, I have Jello shot news. Oh, God. Okay, so LSU in – this is from four hours ago. So, I guess this was, like, right before – first pitch five hours uh, yeah this is like right before first yeah pitch. yeah an hour yeah. before first pitch. yeah i got you i got you You saw this one i believe so lsu is up to two 20 sorry twenty one thousand four hundred and thirty five jello shots which is break the breaking the all-time record okay I'm, I'm gonna say something and here is a crazier stat todd graves who is the head fry cook at raisin canes Mm -hmm. broke the record for the, the Guinness Book of World Record for shots purchased by one person. Who's your candidate to buy 6,001? Because he oh bought 6,000. He bought 6,000 jello shots. Yeah, that's 30 grand worth. That's a, that is a 2022 Ford Fusion brand new, kind of upgraded, not super. Not super upgraded, but that's a good Ford Fusion right there. He spent $30,000 on Jello shots. Now, again, Rocco's does donate a lot of the money. Like they, they, do. they do a really good job over there. But LSU alum who 
is the founder of Raising Cane's, bought 6,000 Jello shots today to take their total up to 21,435. I guess while I'm here, Steve, I should run through the rest of the list. In second place is TCU. Wow. Pretty impressive. Oh, no, I lied. Sorry. Never mind. Second place is Wake Forest. Yeah. Wake Forest is 55-72. TCU, 31-17. Oral Roberts in fourth, 26-10. Florida, 17-16 from Florida is probably the most disappointing performance, as is 16-39 from Tennessee, with UVA and Stanford unsupply, unsurprisingly bringing up the rear. They were going to be last anyway, and it also happened that they got bounced first. Any other thoughts from any other fan bases that you want to mention, Steve? No, I'm just curious. Do you think... That that amount of Jello shots has been consumed, like what? Or just paid for? Just paid for. I, I think that ninety five percent of all purchased Jello shots have been consumed. Like most really? of them. Yeah, I I can see that. That's just a lot, a lot of Jello shots. Do you think? Do you yeah, think he was doing thing. this? Do you think he was doing this because he wants in? He wants he wants a piece of the pie. He wants to do cane shots. Oh, he Next wants year, this cane to... sauce shots, cane sauce and vodka. So you want this to be like a national thing? I, I don't think so. I think I... our society can only handle this for a little bit. No, no, I'm I'm thinking it's a marketing. Thing. Oh, it's a marketing. Marketing. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, Steve, the in-game stadium vibes here have been very bizarre. Odd. Today, heading into the top of the ninth in a three-two tense game, they played the gritty cam on the big board. Not exactly the vibe you're no hoping for. No time like the present. It's like, can't we just get some intense music and just, let the moment play? Like, let me try to play the guitar. E even what? that would be better. Oh, even that yeah. would be better. How do you feel about the bizarre entrance music that we're getting sometimes? Okay, too? so Cam Minacci came in. Now, in the ACC tournament, they play their walkout songs. It's great. They play everyone's walkout, so you can get a taste of the whole conference. That's cool. It's sick. They should do that in Omaha. He came out to like an old Western gunslinger song, and I loved it. It was sick. It would have brought down the house here. Like, LSU fans, I know they have the feel to respect something that's cool in baseball, and his walkout was cool. Um, that wasn't the case. He came in to Baby Shark, played on the organ, which I get it to have an organ in the field. That's cool. And don't get me wrong, like, I love these little nuances in baseball. But we got to feel out the moment. Like, there's got to be more feel in Omaha. I, yeah. I I, think that at some points, it's let the game play itself, you know? Mm. And that's not a knock against, like, the on-field performances. I think the Dizzy Bat race is phenomenal. Um, I just, you know, maybe the ninth, just play Motley Crew. I like it. Steve, it's been a pleasure. It's been cool watching you interact with, college baseball fans this week you are overwhelmed all the and time. you are always kind and both of those things nice. are hard to do so i i give you a lot of credit for being nice to the people who say hey steve because it happens like a thousand times a day <laughs> now part of that is your own fault <laughs> yeah no i look if i didn't want that i'd have a mustache um right but i wouldn't be public about having a mustache you know like you have a mustache i'm like oh that's jake he has a mustache yeah me with a mustache it's like oh what's kevin malone doing with a mustache so anyway bye steve i love you talk talk soon have a great summer not because we're, we're not